0: really hard to, to think of something to say that's appropriate but black lives matter it's, it's, I don't know why we have to tell people that that's, it's madness that in this day and age that this kind of stuff is still happening it's, it's terrible i would be reading a lot of news and I'm rambling
1: mm. no I mean look I don't think you me or 1857 has the answer um, but no. as you say uh, it's wrong that anybody should need to ask the question. Um, The United States is full of very, very smart people. I'm sure they will sort this out. And I do not for a second pretend that this is a problem unique to the United States. It isn't.
0: I've included a bunch of links in the show notes this week uh, where you can read more and donate and support Uh, all the charities and initiatives that are helping to fight this kind of horrible racism and inequality. I don't think Stu and I, either of us, have the answer to this, but we can highlight it, we can talk about it, we can share it, which is what we wanted to do.
1: What are you writing with and on, TJ?
0: At the minute, I'm writing with a Tombow Mono 100. Uh, It's an HB. It's a little sort of... What's the word? Not quite stub. It's almost Steinbeck, pre-Steinbeck stub uh, with a little uh, Kutsawa uh, extender. Okay. um, Which kind of makes it a little bit easier to hold. I find that because they're kind of a long point on them, um, it makes it a bit easier to hold in hand. Um, Yeah, that's what I'm writing with. And it's just come out of my, my drawer of pencils I've almost finished. Uh, there's another Mitsubishi kicking around somewhere that I was using the other day, but I'm, I'm trying to get rid of all the little small ones that are almost used up, and I can finish those off, sharpen them up. Uh, and again, legal pad, big to-do paper. Not, nothing exciting, to be honest, on
1: my stationary stuff. Yeah, it's because you're such a hard-working man. That's the thing there. I'm, I'm <laughs> with a funky little pen. This is, this is a great little pen. Um, a Coeco uh, Frosted Sport so uh you know the you know my brass everyday carry koekos that sort of like little tent pegs um yeah this is a light uh plastic version of that so um very very inexpensive um at the bottom end of koeko's range uh lovely little nib exactly the same design so you've got that sort of hexagonal uh top that goes over a round barrel um but it's in a sort of lime color and just coincidentally it almost exactly matches the Field Notes vignette, uh, one of which is uh, is a Lime notebook. Uh, I, I was so taken with is that. Is that the one with the circle? Yes, that's the one where you put your own little picture oh. in, or they've actually provided a couple for you, um, if you feel that way inclined. Um, and uh, mine is, perhaps presciently, Alexander Hamilton. So I, I I was so taken with this, I actually Instagrammed it. If can one Instagram things? Yes, you can Instagram things. It is a, yes, it's now. a verb now. Um, <laughs> uh, just today, so it's it's very cute. It's cool, and for me, it's very unusual. It's a fine nib, uh, and I don't. I'm not talking about the quality. I'm talking about the size. Uh, I'm I'm a sort of broad nib man generally, but a fine nib means that it'll work in pretty much anything because it doesn't put down too much ink. Uh, so there you are. Oh, okay, new and exciting combo for me. Writing it in field notes and. Heavens, the the sky hasn't fallen. Um, The world continues. (laughs) Phantom pens and field notes, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody should make a podcast called that. Right. (laughs) What about watching? You been watching anything good?
0: Uh, Yeah, actually, I started a new show two, three days ago called Space Force, which is Steve Carell. Uh, It's kind of a takeoff of the... it, It feels a little bit like The Office, but it's not and it 's obviously playing off the idea that the you know the actual u s space force was launched was last year or something, mm-hmm. and so this is a, another branch of the military that kind of is responsible for space shockingly enough and it's this really interesting show that kind of runs the line between a comedy and a, and a drama more on the side of comedy um, and it 's dealing with the the kind of the dueling militarization of space and the, the scientific endeavor mm. and so there's a scientist and then steve carell kind of plays this four-star general who's the the space force general i suppose i I don't know but yeah um it's a really interesting show i'm really enjoying it so far it's made me laugh quite a few times it's good fun it's on netflix something a little bit different i heard mixed reports on it so i went in somewhat hesitantly but um the two of us Megan and i both really enjoyed um, watching it so we're four or five episodes in and then just before i came up uh to record this i'd finished on my lunch watching uh upload which is a new one on netflix not netflix uh amazon prime which is about uh virtual reality afterlife oh which is it's an again similar vibe of like vague comedy park and recreation kind of comedy-esque thing going on uh, but sort of set in the near future and, and very interesting. So just finished an episode of that earlier. So, yeah, uh, watching bits and pieces uh, and the news
1: as well, which is, um, uh, there's a lot happening in the news. There is a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, Space Force, I, uh, I think it came out about the same time as the real Space Force uh, released pictures of their their uniform
0: oh the star trek-esque looking
1: well insignia no um it it, twitter went bananas because they released uh what looked like a fairly standard uniform and it was in dpm um which is uh, everybody else would call that cam so you're sort of you know leaves and browns and greens and of course the whole of twitter went are we expecting trees in space or um <laughs> disruptive pattern material yes dpms yeah I, I i was a cadet i have you know not in space force but mm. um
0: uh,
1: in the <laughs> in the cadet force and yes i i had my dpms
0: i remember having a blue i think it was the urban one i remember having combat trousers that i wore as a, an ill advised teenager that were kind of that but in varying shades of blue and i thought they were really really cool mm. uh, they weren't <laughs>
1: well I, I i don't have strong feelings about them but uh i i i don't, don't seem to be picking them out which is perhaps wise <laughs> given that i'm a portly 50 year old um uh watching what did i watch okay we watched the end of white lines the um the sort of stylized uh violence uh, Ibiza drug thing um which sort of uh, ultimately it turned out to, a, to to be a bit of a who done it um a uh, good good try i think you know it, it was almost good uh, but it wasn't quite it
0: is that, is that like a six points that The the judges after you jump into the water hold up the, the big mm, boards and it just says six something like that i think you
1: could you could you could see what they oh, were okay. going for you could see uh the, the issues they were <laughs> trying to bring to the forefront and uh, they almost did uh but that's very personal and again it comes from me um so i doubt i was the exact target audience um, and we're watching now, we're watching, uh, season one of Marcella, uh, not Marcella as somebody calls her in the first episode and very nearly gets punched, um, which is a sort of cop, uh, UK cop thing. Um, Marcella is unusual as a person. So there's, there's something mm-hmm. going on with her mental health that is unusual. Um, okay, and that that sort of lends an element to to what's going on. Uh, we've watched, I think, maybe three or four episodes of that. So yeah, that's that's mm, that's gone reasonably well. Um, and and like you, I've been watching the news on all sorts of different sources, um, mostly with my mouth open, to be honest. But yeah, there you go. What about listening? have you been listening to anything? Uh,
0: nothing strange or startling. More plumbing the Death Star as I was doing some gardening the other day. Um, just to kind of get out of the house and do a few bits and bobs. We had a stream of nice weather that has now turned uh, ambivalent. Uh, So it was high 20s and now it's mid-teens. So it's kind of cooled down significantly. But in the garden, uh, listening to Plumbing the Death Star, among other things.
1: Is this the garden that, in actual fact, it it looks a bit like a prison sentence? The breaking up of rocks and moving
0: yes yes which uh, i have something on that for later actually (gasps) i did move another eight wheelbarrow loads bringing my grand total to 50 um and it looks like i have moved exactly zero uh the garden is still primarily stones the driveway is now also stones so all i've done is just make the stones appear bigger across (laughs) the property um uh we're working we're working on it but i have some exciting uh garden news that i'll get to on uh, parish notices there there has
1: to be some video uh done at the end of this process now i want to know the metric tonnage that's been moved the force required (laughs) all of that and i want to see the equations i i I think yeah okay let me write that down um do the
0: science i think is what you're asking me to do i i
1: think so um I, I see this. If, if we were no dumb questions, then you are most definitely the rocket scientist guy. And <laughs> I am definitely the humanities
2: guy.
1: Yeah.
0: I think my dad did try and work it out. Each wheelbarrow is sing- I'll, I'll do the math and come back. I'll, I'll go and do my homework.
1: Fantastic. I look forward to being educators. Um, uh, what about me? What about, yeah, I've been listening to just podcasts, to be honest. Um, I don't even listening to much music this week. Ooh, no, no, it's all been all been a bit podcasty, a bit wordy. Um, mm-hmm. What about reading? Have you been reading anything?
0: Not really. I've kind of meant to read more, and I've kind of dallied with, with reading bits and pieces that are set out. And And the book I talked about last week uh, by Alan Dean Foster, I never really got into. Not because I didn't start, like I didn't want to, but I just never really took the time to start it over the weekend. Oh, okay. So... I need to get better at reading at night instead of watching garbage on the television, which is my uh, opus, op, opus operand. What is it? Modus operandi. That's a
1: minute. it. Mo, mate. Um, Your mo.
0: That's the one. <laughs> so I've done the worst thing, which is stay up late and watch trash instead of don't stay up late and read. Mm. So maybe I can swap that equation.
1: We'll so see. yeah, stay up late and do something that makes you stay up even later, rather than. Well, no, no. So- Rather than, yes. than go to bed with something that helps you go to sleep,
0: so, yeah. it's all to do with yeah. blue light
1: apparently. But again, uh, i have refer to the scientists later. Um, <laughs> okay, well, I'm I'm still uh, playing through the Cyprus history, um, which is we're in that part of the book uh, that is necessary, in that you need to know that the son of so and so did this, and then the grandson of so and so did that, and uh, just to try and sort of put everything into context. Uh, but I'm reading it thinking. Phew. One diagram could have probably done that chapter, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, it's part of history, I guess. Uh, and the I started and I finished. I started, I started and I finished. Uh, *Rubicon* by Ian Patrick, which was the first of the novels that I bought from Fahrenheit Press, uh, who mm-hmm. specialise in all this crime stuff. Those are the guys that I, I'll give them another plug. If you buy the paperback, they then send you the code for the electronic. Which I think, is, oh, yeah, I think yeah. is a terrific way to sell a book, um, and it was a good book. I, I found a I found a couple of errors in it, so um, I thought about writing writing from Mister Angry in Cyprus. Uh, I thought, stern words yeah so that's all actually <laughs> i'm 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 thinking of publishing myself quite soon i'm gonna keep a low profile on the criticism front
0: um, <laughs> i have found on the, the kindle version because i read a lot of um cheaper books on kindle mm. when i get the opportunity uh and there's some really really good stuff that skeleton spaceman one i read a couple of uh, ages ago was really really good but it was all indie published yeah and so You get typos, you get mistakes and even ones that have, uh, you know, publishers attached to them. Mm -hmm. I think it's just a finance issue where, you know, you just don't have the time to read it through really, 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 really carefully. Uh, And so being a stickler for that kind of thing, I did find stuff. But on the Kindle, I'm pretty sure this is through the Kindle app. So maybe it's different. I could select words and then report content error. Yeah, you can. I was able to do that and say, right, this is wrong because it's the wrong uh, homophone or whatever it might be mm-hmm. um that's the wrong usage of that word. I think you mean this word rather than that word, and mm-hmm. there's maybe half a dozen, which is not a you know it's not it's not going to ruin a book for me, but at the same time, I'm like if I can find them, other people will too, sure, uh, and it doesn't take an awful lot to iron them out, and sometimes all you need is someone going that that
1: that word there just well yeah i mean there's it one of the ones that I found was uh there were two. Um special forces soldiers um their, their, their operation you know is being described uh, and then the final sort of element of the operation is the exfiltration, and the radio message is um alpha one down, and then what it was supposed to say was alpha one down, alpha two in shock, but it said alpha one down, alpha two. Oh, sorry, I said Alpha One down, Alpha One in shock. No, hang on. Yeah, so yeah. I, I know Alpha One's dead. He's not in shock. <laughs> so, it, you know. He
0: might, he's shocked to find himself as well. Man. He could have been.
1: Um, and little things like that, I thought, okay, that's, you know, where, where people have relied on a computer to bring up these things. And, and sort of, as you say, the close reading has not been great. But um, as, if, as if, just to ram home my, my humility point, uh i think i mentioned last week that i was i was going to um record a lot of what i write on StuartLennon.com into a sort of members podcast mm. yeah uh and so i started doing that i thought okay well i'll i'll start with a big episode and sort of just do the last month's uh posts which is quite a few uh every single post had errors in it and the reason <laughs> the reason that i found that is because i read the post out loud and as i'm reading it i go and and oh no probably only one and there oops
0: yeah Um, i'll do that with emails i'll reread an email that i've written to someone especially like if it's just uh, yeah i don't know like logistical stuff or sort of keeping on top of things i won't read it two or three times mm. if it's a more than one or two paragraph thing where i'm asking for something or i'm I'm reporting back on something i will read it three or four times and inevitably i've changed a sentence and deleted something those and ands the sort of repetition stuff for me, typically happens when I'm like, ah, da, 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 and I'll do it like this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, no, it's a better way to say this. I'll delete a section and rewrite it, but leave a, a, a sort of a lead-in word somewhere or a, a word after as a suffix. And that's where that problem comes. So everything I've looked at is correct because I've missed the gap between what I wrote and what I've now written. Mm-hmm. That little sort of vestigial piece gets left behind.
1: And it's, it's, it's infuriating. I mean, it's a combination of things. The, the IT that helps us all software and, and all that stuff um it's forever doing it to both you and i auto correcting things um and, and making them wrong. <laughs> um and also i mean it is um, my attention to detail is terrible anyway at the best of times. but you know these posts i have reread specifically and gone okay i'm now going to reread this because i'm about to press publish and i don't want to put something yeah. out there that's, and you know when i found one i thought Stuart, your your attention to detail is awful Next post, another one. Next post, another one. <laughs> good Lord. So, um, uh, lesson learned. I'm now going to read out all of my, I'm going to record them before I publish them, I think. This is going to be my new workflow. Yeah, that's a good bit. and
0: Or read them backwards. There's, a, there's an early life hack, jump on the gun. Read them uh, word by word from the end to the start.
1: Is there a word other than Cosgroving it? for doing something unnecessarily complicated <laughs> for a simple task.
0: Well, it's, That it's, is a new it's word. It's dual validation.
1: <laughs>
0: Have you never read something backwards to make sure it makes sense both ways?
1: I'm just explaining to you and the world how I promise to read everything going forward. What makes you think I'll be reading it going backwards? <laughs>
0: Right, what you do is you split the page in half, you read every word on the left hand of the page in a a vertical line, and then you read every word in the right hand in a vertical line. It's straightforward and simple.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm sure it is. He said moving on briskly. Um, (laughs) What about drinking? Are you drinking anything?
0: Foster's might. Uh, I got some more beer. Oh. uh, Which has been relegated exclusively to weekends. Oh. Um, Not for any kind of. Issues or problems I have with alcohol because I I don't I really don't drink an awful lot at all, but what I find was that it's more enjoyable to have them on a Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening with dinner than it is to kind of finish off the work day I don't feel like because we're all working from home, certainly mm-hmm. we're working from home. I don't feel like I've done enough during the day to warrant a nice like reprieve of a, oh, a nice cold beer or a, you know cocktail or something like that. It just doesn't feel appropriate i'm with work the next day it's nice to be able to get up in the mornings without i mean I, i'm so, talking as if i have hangers i don't <laughs> one beer is not going to give you a hanger but even then i just i like to keep them at the weekend yeah, so these, i've, kind of, I've got a four pack
1: 28 liter cans aren't they special edition y- yes Ireland.
0: yes yeah. i did look actually they had one in lidl the other day which was i think it was a, an austrian beer or something and the thing looked like an oil drum it was huge <laughs> i think it was it must have been eight hundred mils or something like that, Good which Lord. is huge. It's it's two beer cans essentially in one. So the thing is, I'm trying to look at it. My it's it's probably it's a, a HomePod, isn't it? Diameter. It's an Apple Home. Pod. It's a it's a HomePod with a a ring pull on the top of it. It's huge. I didn't buy it, um, but it was massive. Um, but yeah, I've just been buying a little four pack of beer, and then that normally does me two weekends, which is super sad. So. Um, I've got. I had a Foster's there the weekend, uh, and I think I'll have another one on maybe Friday night with my pizza.
1: <laughs> so there we go. I had a beer last weekend. No, no, just one. I know a beer.
0: Just, just <laughs> the one. Yeah, and it's a three percent lager.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I dare say your liver may survive that. It should be fine. Yeah,
0: and even but even then I'm like, mm, you know, I don't want to become. It's all about habits, right? You don't want it to be every day after work. I ah, gotta gotta have a beer because it's the same you, you get into that habit of it and i think that's where the danger lies
1: oh absolutely is and those are the um if you're if you're kicking a habit those are the killers the ones where you've, yeah. you've convinced yourself that the reward for a, you know a good day's work or whatever is a cold beer you then yeah. you then immediately and then you feel cheated yeah you feel like it. a martyr yeah. if you're not having it <laughs> uh well i'm i'm I read your show note and immediately thought, "I'll grab a beer." And then I thought, "Oh no, hang on hes, he's probably talking about at some point he's had a beer." Uh,
0: so, yeah, well, for me it's lunchtime, so
1: it's locked down. I'm—I'm having a lunchtime on a Wednesday. It's yeah. probably not when I'm going to have a beer. It's, it's the weekend now. <laughs> Lock, lockdown rules. Um, I, I, I'm having a Saint Nicholas and Ios Nikolaos, which is the sort of Cypriot water of choice. Uh, but I may have a beer second half of the show. You never know. It will, of course, be mm. alcohol-free, but uh, I may do. Yes,
0: 150 days of, of um, yes, being dry.
1: Excellent. Well done. That sort of snuck up on me a little bit. Um, it, it's a weird one, really. I have, you know, lots of people say to me, oh, you picked some year to quit drinking. Uh, and I also think, actually, <laughs> I'm delighted I picked this year. It's The, the sort of undercurrent of news. Uh, coming out of, of the uk and lots of european countries is that everybody is drinking a lot more um, yeah it's
0: that habit thing we're talking about yeah. it's getting into the oh i'm bored what are we doing we can't go to the pubs well we'll just get we'll we'll get a 24 pack of beer and we'll, we'll, we'll bring the pub to us <laughs> and then if you normalize that behavior every week all of a sudden three months down the line whenever the pub's open again you go ah, i can't afford to go to the pub because i need 24 beers
1: to Get started? Yeah. The, I mean, uh, the guy that comes in, uh, and does stuff in our garden and the pool and everything, he said to me, oh, I was at the local restaurant last night. I said, oh, really? Were there, were there loads there? He said, well, there are a few there. He said, but pff, I was there about 10 minutes. And I thought, why am I paying €2.50 for a beer here where I could be having one for 90 cents at home? Cents. Yeah. Um, I'm like, mm, I, do you know, I think, I think there's going to be a lot of people making that sort of calculation going forward. It's gonna be interesting yeah. to see how it affects all of that. So, now, have you, uh,
0: sorry, have you ever seen Airplane? Yes. There's a a great scene in Airplane that I was reminded of when you spoke there at the start, because uh, the it's like the flight. Um, what's like the the guy who brings the planes in? He's kind of the, the guy. I can't remember what his job title is. Either way, he's he's got a headset on, and he's the one who's trying to like guide this guy to land the plane. Oh, Airplane yeah. is like a 1970s sure, yeah, yeah. comedy right and it keeps going back and it's this kind of surreal comedy film but it keeps going back to him he's like ah i picked a hell of a week to stop drinking and then he opens up his hip flask and starts drinking and then it cuts away and like 20 minutes later it cuts back to him ah, i picked a hell of a week to stop sniffing glue and he starts sniffing glue and it cuts back to him in like 20 minutes later he's like i picked a hell of a week to stop doing meth that is just this escalation every time <laughs> yeah uh, a fair yeah. point i think uh, i'll put that in the show notes for anyone who hasn't seen that movie. It is wonderful
1: um so yeah, yeah it's, um, I, I think it's been a good time to to quit and particularly with then margaret falling ill and stuff it's um i'm not sure i could have coped yeah. with with hangovers and um broken wife that <laughs> would nursing be difficult. Duty. yeah yeah so, uh yeah long may it could do another 100 and no 215 216 days or so to go and then i would have done my year um whether i'll go back to drinking or not i don't know if to go think on that for another 200 years 200 years <laughs> seems a bit severe 200 days uh what have you been buying this week tj
0: so after all my talk of potentially um off-roading my car and lots of money-saving techniques and stuff like that i threw a lot to the wind and i'm reinsuring the car and i went and spent more money on the car to get the tire fixed so i got the tire replaced uh, at the local place uh, and then fitted that yesterday Um, So the car, well, the car is dead. The battery's dead because I need to Mm -hmm. jump it because it's been sat in the driveway for two months without being turned on. Uh, But it has four wheels again, which is a promising start. Mm -hmm. And it has car tax for the year. And my insurance is use in a couple of weeks or a week or two. So I will have a car again. Where I'm going to go in it is another matter entirely. But uh, our lockdown is is beginning to ease. I was
1: going to say, in Northern Ireland, are you allowed to sort of go places now?
0: Yeah, the, I think it's Wales and Scotland have more restrictive distances, like distance limits on where you can go currently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in England and Northern Ireland, I could drive to anywhere in the country to do my exercise. So I could drive to Derry and walk for 15 minutes and then drive home and that would be totally legitimate. Mm-hmm. doesn't make an awful lot of sense, but it is the way that the lockdown's working here at the minute um so with that in mind i'm thinking okay well i do want to be able to get out and enjoy the sort of nice glut of weather we had recently uh meg a car but it'd be nice in case my parents need things that we, have, we don't have to rely on one so a whole bunch of stuff went into it and then it was more just like that i can't really be bothered going through all the stuff to, to off-road it to then on-road it again presumably in a month or two mm-hmm. so i bought a new tire which was actually i was a bit worried it's going to be a big hassle It wasn't. I rocked up to the tyre place. I put the the broken tyre, which I'd taken off the car. Mm -hmm. Because I took off the tyre and put on one that didn't fit it, but was for some reason kept in the boot of that car for years. So I put it on and immediately grinded against the brake disc because it wasn't the right tyre for the car. So I left that tyre on it while the other one was flat in the boot. I took the one that was flat in the boot to the the car place. I went, hello, can you make this not broken?
1: He went, "Uh." Yeah. Are oh, you in he's possession like, okay, of well, currency? And uh, everything went smoothly <laughs> from there on.
0: Well actually he said um, yeah, that's no problem. How much are you willing to spend? I was like, Well what what are the options? I was like, well it's forty seven fifty for the, the main one or fifty. <laughs> like, well what do I what do I get for fifty? And he's like, A better tire. <laughs> okay. Is it much better? Yes. I'll go for the better tire then take the a two pounds yeah, give me take the £2. 50 hit. <laughs> so and then literally came back and uh he just set it down that was it it was really straightforward transaction i I don't know why i was worried um but then i came home and and fitted it and the car has wheels again it doesn't go anywhere because it's Mm. dead but uh it has four wheels again which is nice so i gotta have to go out later and navigate the uh jump leads and get that car started
1: well my uh jalopy um she's um (laughs) yeah she's out on loan at the moment actually uh, oh. A friend of ours um, who has, she has a boyfriend who works on the base here sometimes, but lives in England. And you know, there was all sorts of hassle with him coming to work. He basically has to come from England to Cyprus and there was lockdown and no flights. But then there's a military element to all this. So there are ways and means. So that she had this terrible situation where he was on the base, quarantined. So she couldn't see him um but ah. but then he was released from quarantine uh and couldn't actually go anywhere because there are no flights back to the uk uh so they were short a car um, yeah sure you can borrow ours oh hang on we just need to jump start <laughs> uh, for the exact same reason <laughs> well, yeah so she's now yeah, she's now batteries. getting a good run out is young caprula yeah. which i'm delighted about um because that's good miss- yeah you need to start it up and run it every couple of weeks yeah i had to have the aforementioned mick the gardener had to uh had to jump start me as I think I've mentioned before he's a mechanic by trade. So uh all was well. Um well I haven't been buying anything personally. Um I have been uh upping the stock levels at Nero's uh, as as you know the UK is beginning to emerge from lockdown. Um I I've I've just put a big order in for Coeco, funnily enough, for those uh brass mm-hmm. pens that mentioned earlier. Yeah. There's a load of those coming um i've got a big order in of uh with ian ian shurn of shurn design over mm-hmm. in uh i think it's in philadelphia uh the last few days um comms with the us have been shall we say difficult i'm guessing that people have other things yeah. on their mind um yeah uh, i've got loads more road deer coming in so yeah lots of things for nero's notes uh but no i haven't haven't spent anything um my my consultancy business is the the wheels are beginning to turn so my clients are sort of cautiously emerging into the world of commerce uh opening up branches and uh, mm. that's uh that's pretty good news from my point of view I, i've been on an invoice freeze for three months so um it's quite a yeah. n- quite nice to have the potential at least some money to come in whether anybody will pay anything who knows but um yeah uh, you know like everybody else this lockdown is uh, is having an impact on business yeah um parish notices that look at that 30 minutes we're at parish notices just wanted that noted (laughs) well done what's happening with you
0: so this is where I refer back to my, my garden point, where I had an exciting development at the Well of Garden. Oh, it's an um, exciting
1: show note. I'll give it that.
0: <laughs> so when we bought this house, it came with a shed. The shed was not uh, in any way impressive or well-kept. or And it was indeed built extremely poorly by whoever uh, purchased it. Uh, so much so that there are a lot of nails and screws for which I'm not entirely sure what their function is, given that they, they go through one piece of wood and into nothing. Um, So they're just purely decorative at this stage. Uh, But anyway, we inherited the shed. And if you imagine our garden is a a long rectangle. It's about, uh, the total back garden is maybe, I don't know, 1,200 square feet ballpark. Um, So there's a big expanse of stones uh, beyond a little sort of paved area. On the left-hand side, there's a big concrete plinth, which is maybe four metres wide by two metres deep, and then the rest is just a big expanse of, of gravel, stones, all there. There was a couple of plants when we moved in, they were pretty much dead and terribly looked after, so I pulled those out. The garden is just, just stones and weeds. It's horrible. And in the far right hand corner is the shed, just sort of placed on some pavers. Um, And the shed is maybe, I don't know, two, two and a bit metres wide, two and a bit metres deep. So, you know, not a huge shed, but enough for a bicycle, lawnmower, all that kind of stuff. I don't have any lawn, so I don't need a lawnmower yet. That shed sat in the right-hand corner, the back of the garden, in the prime position for sunlight. The <laughs> only spot in our garden that got sunlight 10 hours a day, and the shed is plonked in it. Whereas the concrete plinth on the left-hand side, which is the literally what you would pay someone to build to put a shed on, completely devoid of shed. It's also in the shady part of the garden where you don't want to sit.
1: I can I can see a plan here.
0: <laughs> useless as a deck, perfect for a shed. I'm looking over at the shed going, useless for a shed, perfect for a deck. Hmm, I wonder. Uh, and Meg looked at me like I was mad because I went, Meg, we can move this. He went, it's a big shed. I'm like, yeah, yeah well, we'll empty it first. I was like, that's not my concern. It's, it's, sizable and it's made entirely out of wood uh and it's also rickety and it's a little bit worse for where it needs a new roof and so she's going right okay a
1: can you move this will it survive your honor Honor, may may i approach the bench um it strikes (laughs) me your honor that there may be some merit in destroying the rickety old shed (laughs) and building a nice new one on the aforementioned deck.
0: I looked into this. This shed was free, right? So that is (laughs) zero pounds cost for this shed. But Uh, it is in the wrong place and falling over. Correct, correct. Uh, The shed cost me nothing. A new roof for that shed is probably materials plus asking my father-in-law to help me build a roof. 200 pounds, and think. Or a new roof that will last, outlast the shed, uh, outlast my tenure in this house, certainly. Um, I'm going, okay, a new shed of that size and of any kind of reasonable quality is four to six hundred pounds. And that's not out of the realms of possibility, but given the current economic situation, I don't want to blow money. I don't have to. So I looked at the shed and went, I have a plan. And I had five large fence posts, big square fence posts, you know, sort of three. Three inch squares, uh, about you know, two meters long or so. Had five of those. Meg, I can move this. Uh, okay. Um, we have three hours before it goes dark, but you think you can move it? Let's move it. So, the big trolley jack that I borrowed to change the car tire, which can lift two tons, uh, is also suitable for sheds, it appears, uh, because I was able to jack up the entire front of the shed with a trolley jack and then just Wedge some some uh, fence posts underneath it, so I basically put my fence up on blocks uh, on the pavers in the corner, and then I would have made Archimedes proud. We we leveraged that shed a full fifteen meters across the garden. No, it'd be more than that. It's more like thirty meters. It's whatever the distance of my garden is from one spot to the other, and we went up a full sixty-eight inches rise onto a concrete plinth
2: in four hours. So you
1: now have a rickety, falling apart shed on top of a plinth.
0: I have a shed that is it needs a new roof. The roof is is wrecked, and the door could be better hung, but the walls are signed and the floor is signed. So it's a new roof essentially would fix this shed, and it's been nicely painted as well, so it looks good. But this this was a feat. I have I have photographs. I have a little bit of video. Um, it was I'm impressed of myself. This is this is one of the the crowning achievements of 2020 for me is that I moved this shed across the garden and it didn't fall apart and neither did I.
1: And you, you got pictures and everything.
0: Yeah. Excellent.
1: Now destroy the shed. <laughs> and put a proper <laughs> shed there.
0: I, it, you know what? For all intents and purposes, it looks like a proper shed. You put a new roof in that thing, another 15 years out
1: of it. <laughs> I know what Meg does for a living. I know what you do for a living. <laughs> now, if we want to just just uh, uh, four hours, you say, four hours of, well, two <laughs> up-and-coming, well-paid professional people versus the cost of a new shed that would, in fact, be new and wouldn't require you still have to build that a shed. further 200 pounds.
0: <laughs> but that, that shed makes uh, three hours to build a shed minimum.
1: Okay, it so it arrives flat packed. So it would have been the, the same the same investment, except you'd have a shed that works.
0: <laughs> this shed works fine. Don't be don't be giving me shade about this shed. This shed is excellent. Now that it's moved, now that I have I've moved it to the correct location in the garden, I'm invested in it. So it will be the shed of this house. This shed will outlast the house at this stage. I will ship a theseus, this shed until there's no original timbers left. I've already added more than my own body weight in reconstructive timber to this shed. And it will then further roof.
1: Ladies and gentlemen. It's not
0: about the destination.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, (laughs) when TJ and I do the episode called The Great Summer House of 2024, (laughs) as TJ explains how he's building a podcasting studio, video film center, and bunker against nuclear war in the garden uh, built around this plinth, I shall remind him of this conversation of the great shed migration of twenty twenty.
0: <laughs> it's not about the destination; it's about the journey, and the journey was full of ad hoc mathematics uh, and me
1: trying to move a shed by hand we, with the trolley jack. We up, have up, become up, no dumb questions now. You are you are simply <laughs> doing scientific <laughs> things and recording them on video. Yeah, that film that film makes millions. TJ. You, This is the beginning of a new career for you. The Archimedes shed. I'll send you some photos
0: after this. The neighbours were perplexed, just putting it kindly. The neighbours on either side know where the shed is because their garden looks out on it. And over the course of this afternoon, the shed migrated across the lawn and you could see them going, why? Why?
1: What? Why? The first thing I'm going to do when I come over to visit you guys is I'm going to go out for a beer with your neighbours. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to say, no. What no. about that shed guy? Tell me about the shed. <laughs> I
0: thought you are going to go, I'm going to go and kick the shed. I'm going to go and test its durability. Oh, heavens. <laughs> Give it no. a shake. <laughs>
1: no, I, don't, I won't need to. I know that you'll run out there and start shaking it, going, look, look, you see this roof's holding it all together. It'll last forever. <laughs> and as it collapses in a dusty heap an... around you. In my, my
0: confidant notebook, I have four different... Um, I, I can show you photos of this as well. I did proper drawings of the shed. I have galvanized metal sheet roof, bitumen shingling roof, uh, bitumen sheet roof, and felt pro roof. I have four different options. It's going to have four roofs. options.: so, Yeah, it's going to be a four-story shed extraordinaire. I even worked out the pitch of the roof using Pythagoras. It's, it's a whole thing, Stu. It's a whole thing. <laughs> Meg, Meg was happy the shed arrived in the correct location, and the rest of the garden is now clear. I, I, that's what she was happy about.
1: Say I say I have a vision in my head of poor Meg being essentially mostly bemused and just just <laughs> going along with it. Really, so
0: that's we, the entire we, duration of our relationship for the last eleven years has been that.
1: We're going to move the shed. Of course we are. What else would we be doing?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was a Sunday. I could have done literally anything but this. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that. Absolutely. That big presentation for work. Puh, no, I had a shed to move.
0: <laughs> i had fun uh, so that that was my big news i'll send you photos after this
1: well i uh, we arrived at this segment with uh, with 30 minutes on the clock we're now at 40 and <laughs> all i've got to say is well I, i'm back in my office um so i've i've moved sort of notebooks downstairs that's essentially what i've done not quite as exciting as the great shed migration of 2020 but it, it is it is quite nice for me because the office is fundamentally very very clear at the moment because everything has just been mm. thrown into sort of drawers and i've just got a clear desk it's lovely um mm. and i can sort of work down here relatively undisturbed although um i i am on a sort of what's up hotline to mrs lennon for, for when she requires something <laughs> Um But the good news is that she's feeling uh, a little bit better. She's moving a bit more. Uh, having said that, she's in pain today. But um I'm I'm actually going to go and play golf on Friday morning. <gasps> Ooh, uh, exciting. It, it is. Um Just earlier this week, I drove, because we've now got no driving restrictions here. So I was able to drive to the other end of the island where my new golf bats or golf sticks, or I, I forget what they're called, um that I'd ordered. Pre lockdown and that had arrived oh, yeah. during the lockdown, and I just had the guy phoning me saying, You to get these clubs, I can't, I'm not allowed to come to you. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> that type of conversation. So I went to collect the new bats, sticks, whatever they are, and he gave them to me and he said, What do you think? And I went, I've no idea how to use them, I've forgotten. <laughs> um, what is this game? Yeah. Got all <laughs> Um, so so I've got them and uh, there was further negotiation with Mrs L and it was agreed that I would go and play on Friday morning. I'm playing early, early doors, 0, 0700 hours. I'm on the tee uh, because I'm quite a fast player and the guy that I'm playing with is quite fast. So we will whiz round pretty quickly and I'll be back in time to to make sure that Miss Lennon had thrown herself off the balcony or or done something else bad for her back. Uh, so that's that's quite exciting. I'm going to say that, that that is quite exciting. Um, and yeah, the new the, the new office, the new office, the old office. Uh, it's it's lovely new to year. be back. Yes. <laughs> so I, I, for one, believe that this is now the end of all of my productivity problems, and I shall be the most productive man on the planet because I'm back <laughs> in my space. Right. <laughs> Well, before we get on to the main topic, uh, we should do the three pin plug, uh, which has, I think, 13 pins. Uh, so we'll call it 13, 13 amp plug. Um, <laughs> I'm uh, Stuart Lennon. You can find me at StuartLennon.com, which is where I write about, well, being me, really. Uh, I also run Nero's uh, which is a lovely web shop where you can buy notebooks, paper, pens and pencils. Uh, if you like the show you'll probably like some of the stuff that we have pop along uh i obviously i co-host 1857.co.uk with uh, tj uh you can find that and tj has excellent show notes at 1857.co.uk uh i've recorded a couple of other podcasts of late <gasps> i know if you're a pen addict member then at some point in the next couple of months because brad is an organized sort of fellow and has these things stacked up uh i'm a i'm a guest in the members podcast uh where the last guest that i've heard anyway was uh urban who's a listener to this show uh good show oh. Urban. really enjoyed it i'm um, good and i'm also appearing on pen meets paper which is the international offshoot of um well, however you say pen meets paper in Swedish, which is, I don't know, or something. Um. <laughs> I had a really nice chat with, uh, with the guys, with Martin and Johan, uh, just about all things Nero's and stationary and stuff, which I believe will come out oh, probably not long after this one, uh, or maybe even just before, mm. who knows. Uh, so, yes, I've, I've been quite the social butterfly. What about you, TJ? Podcasting aficionado now. Oh, absolutely. I can talk (laughs) nonsense anywhere. Um, What about you? Where can people uh, see, hear, watch you?
0: Uh, The best place to see the work that I've done is on YouTube. Just look for wood and graphite. It's a bunch of little short documentaries about pencils and paper and analog ephemera and that kind of thing. So if you like what we talk about, you'll probably like those. Uh, Or if you want to see pictures of my shed which is the new platform that I'm talking about, the new exciting project I'm working on, (laughs) Uh, you can look at my Instagram which is team underscore Cosgrove and I will actually post pictures of my shed today, Wednesday the 3rd of June so by the time you're listening to this, those will be out and they will probably not be the most recent picture and you can see the great shed migration of 2020.
1: I I have visions now of the Brighton pavilions when when I think of your (laughs) shed
0: <laughs> it's grand, but it's not finished. It's uh, a will it progress. ever be finished, Stu? It's one of those things. Whenever I die, they will entomb me inside this, uh, this shed, uh, some sort of pyramid-esque, uh, crowning glory to my, um, abilities as now, a shed mover.
1: Brace yourself, TJ. Brace yourself. There's a bit of podcasting coming here. <laughs> the Great Shed Migration of 2020 will be one of those wonderful lockdown projects that doesn't get finished because we can't already migrated it's done because well you say that but i i'm not convinced the first move is necessarily the best move <laughs> it's gonna move again yeah shed's gotta exactly mm. you've made you've made it roll one way can you make it roll another <laughs> <laughs> can it do a flip there you are you see can, can, Imagine the calculations involved in turning it. Good
0: Lord. Uh-huh. I did. I did. We did a full 90 degree turn and oh. then reversed. It was... I can't believe I invited that on. Oh, dear. dear. <laughs> uh.
1: So what are we talking about today?
0: Today's topic is one that we kind of, we stumbled into and we weren't we weren't sure what we were going to talk about. We need a few different ideas. Um, and we've kind of covered elements of this before when we're talking about lockdown but uh, I've been prefixing all of our episodes with lockdown for the past ten thousand years or twelve weeks or however long it's been. Um, I'm going to stop doing that now because your lockdown's over, ours is is changing and and opening up more and more, so it feels mm-hmm. less relevant. So we'll go back to normal episode titles after this this one. Um, but I thought it might be interesting to talk about lockdown life hacks—the kind of the things that we've discovered during lockdown that makes working from home. Uh, being at home for extended periods of time, eating at home more—all those things, just little little life hacks that make those things easier. And life hacks is a terrible, sort of clickbaity thing. It's a, it's a terrible phrase, but we're going to use it because we, you know, it's good. Get us some clicks on the on the episode. Oh, there we So, click. what are your lockdown life hacks, Stu Lennon, um, lifestyle entrepreneur, uh, influencer extraordinaire?
1: Well, it. Uh, TJ, it was it was a challenge uh, until <laughs> until a friend sent me um, a little a little video on Messenger. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll say we'll say it was entitled "Fanny All," it wasn't, um, but it was really lockdown was about doing Fanny All, and that was what <laughs> what really opened the lock for me it just just made it all possible look i'm really really privileged and i live in a nice place and i've got everything that i might need in my house including lost green space mm. so for me lockdown was a doddle uh, yeah yeah add on to that the fact that i'm essentially a sociopath the idea of not seeing people uh which if you'd asked me five years ago i would have been terrified by it. Today. Um, I, I find quite quite encouraging to be honest. What no people uh I'm probably more <laughs> concerned about coming out of lockdown. Yeah, I'm the new normal. Yeah, I'm probably more anxious now than I have been for the last 3 months. As mm. um as I see what's on fire. I mean the situation in Cyprus as we record is I think we're at stage three of our sort of stage, four stage release. Um, but the cabinet is meeting today and the motion before the cabinet is, should we just forget stage four and do it all today? Pretty much. That's, that's what they're saying. Um, and that's largely driven by the fact that the numbers here, um, I, I think yesterday there were two infections. So, oh wow, that is low. You know, it's the numbers here are on different scale to pretty much everybody listening to this this podcast, Um, and a huge proportion of the economy here is is based on tourism. So, everything is focused on uh, on getting getting people here, because if they don't, then the the sort of long term effects of lockdown are going to be catastrophic on the economy. So Cyprus is doing things like saying, look, if you test positive here, um, regardless of where you're from, uh, we will treat to you, we will look after you, and it will all be free. Don't panic. Um, don't worry. Uh they've been very, very um un- uncharacteristically <laughs> compliant with, you know, the social distancing on the beaches, that everything is set up, it's all very well organized, and you can see that people are apart. Um, and I think I think people have really understood that if they're to get any uh, positive impact on the economy, they're going to have to do these yeah. things and be seen to be doing. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, I also watch UK TV where, um, you know, you can get into the reasons why, um, and I suppose the, the Dominic Cummings thing comes up, but the, the UK public to a large extent, or at least to a significant extent, appears to have decided that they're kind of done with lockdown now. And uh, the sun was out and there were pictures of the beaches, and this is true in the US as well, I think, where, you know, people were, were literally you know, cheek by jowl, crammed into small spaces uh, and and don't care. You know, they're, they're, they're done with this now.
0: Yeah, it's that kind of, uh, I think they talked about it at the very, very beginning of all the lockdown was that we can't introduce the lockdown too early because once people get tired of it, it stops working. Yeah. And we've reached it. I thought it would happen sooner to be honest, but we've now reached that kind of exasperation stage where people go I mm, mm, like I'm I'm feeling it too. I don't think this is an unnatural or unreasonable thing to be like I can't be bothered with this anymore. Mm. And for me it's that, you know, my my folks are in that category of vulnerable. I yeah. that's one of the main reasons that I've taken this so so seriously and that yeah, we can work from home. We, we again, Meg and I, are very provision that we can do that. So it's easier to take it serious, and it's easier to stick to it when you have a an oasis of stones to go and stand in when the weather's nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if I I know that if I am feeling like I can't be harsh with this, and with all the benefits that we have of where we are, then it's not unreasonable for people to feel like that all over the world. But the problem is, the virus doesn't know that. <laughs>
1: This, i mean the i i suppose it helps being detached so uh, one i don't do facebook so i i don't see um the arguments and stuff that ravage on there which you know you can you can argue about how artificial those are or not but uh, from what i gather a lot of people that i know because my wife does do facebook um have very strong opinions around all this and lots of people are exchanging those opinions. And uh, as often is the case, though, it's getting more and more contentious. And you watch the, the daily briefing that we have here, or the, sorry, the, the UK mm-hmm. has, and there is a change in emphasis. There are, these have been going on for, what, 12 weeks, probably? 10 weeks, something like that? Three, three months, something like yeah, that, yeah. Daily. Um, so you begin to, to, if you pay attention, you begin to see the nuance. And the UK government put a great deal of emphasis on the science. This is a science-led response. Now you can argue whether it was the right science or the wrong science or the right speed or the wrong speed, you know, fine. But I think everybody genuinely goes, okay, they're trying to follow the science. Um, They're politicians, there'll be some spin in there somewhere, but nevertheless, they're trying to follow the science. Now they're not. They are patently not following the science, or they're following shall we say the softer sciences well, there are scientists, and i don't I don't denigrate these at all, but there are scientists who are saying, "Look, you cannot keep people locked up for this amount of time without things going wrong. Um, there comes a time when the risk of catching the virus is possibly less than the risk of keeping these people kettled up for for longer yeah. Uh, and that sort of science is, I think, necessarily less empirical. Um, but it's, it's notable that the UK government has now paying much more attention to that side of things and to the economic issues. And, you know, it, these things are all perfectly valid and I, I don't judge them. I just make the observation that it has changed. And yeah. my mum my is, you know, like your folks, in the vulnerable, shielded, high-risk category. And so when I speak to my mum, all right, so you're allowed to go out now because she was essentially told she shouldn't go out. She was told she, she could open her window. She does have a garden, but she was told she shouldn't go in it. Um, and she's now told that she can go out for short walks. And, uh, and, you know, perhaps this is where my sociopath comes from. She just laughs and goes, no, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> no interest at all because nobody's told the virus that the rules have changed yeah and that is to me a little bit scary um and i you know, I say that as if it's some sort of great revelation. I'm sure lots of people are scared um, but yeah I'm concerned what will happen uh whether there will be a a second surge or a second wave or a second peak, whatever terminology is hip and trendy now um and i'm I'm scared that uh people feel safe when perhaps they're not so you know there's loads of interesting social conventions here where um in cyprus we're still supposed to be socially distancing so you can do lots and lots of things but there is you should socially distance and lots of people have just abandoned that um and so you get into this whole new weird politics so the guy i'm playing golf with on friday i'll pick you up Mm, no no you won't Oh no, we we're allowed to in a car. I'm sure we are allowed to in a car, but I'm going in my car and you're going in yours. <laughs> um, that's <laughs> sorry. Um, you know, Margaret, uh, my wife, remains high risk because of you know her injuries and the drugs that she's on and all that stuff. And I'm sure you're fine. And I'm you know, but what? Why? Why would neither of us is worried about spending the money to to use two cars? Um, the yeah. the environment will probably survive if we use two cars. So. Let's just use two cars until you know, until we feel a bit more. We know what's going on. Um, and you know, uh, the the guy's fine about. It, he shrugged and he's going, yeah when, yeah. when will that be? Do you think? When will we think it's all gone? I like, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but for me, I'm, I'm not ready to to do that. I'm not ready to meet up with eight friends and sit around a table together and eat. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to meet up with uh, you know to go out with my wife and sit at a table and. Oh look, there's TJ and Meg. Hi, TJ, and Meg. How are you doing? You well? Yeah. Okay, okay. I'm not going to sit with you. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> Stay where you are. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, to me, it, it seems it seems crazy to rush this. Um, yeah. Of,
0: and yeah. I guess. Yeah. For us as well, we've been so careful for so many weeks. Now it feels like a waste to throw it away, even if you're technically allowed. By doing something that is 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 more risky.
1: That that and, was my my big lockdown life hack, the one that I put in capitals in the show. Notes, don't blow it now. Yeah, all the work that yeah. that's you know been done by millions and millions of people. Let's just be patient. You know, let's let's gradually see, because as as things open up, we will see now if there are the numbers start going up. And I think you know, if I were a betting man, I think the numbers will be going up in the UK.
2: Yeah,
1: in ten days or so. <laughs> Mm. it's a bit scary but anyway yeah uh life hacks life hacks i suppose the big one for everyone is working from home how easy or difficult has working from home been now for me i do it anyway but what about you tj you don't normally work from home how's that been
0: i w- i've been able to work from home on occasions hmm. um so you know one one day every couple of weeks uh when it necessitated Um. I enjoyed it. It was always good. It's a nice change of pace. It let me focus on more sort of deep tasks that I don't need a lot of people around for, or I don't need a lot of integration with. I can just kind of go, I'm going to go do this thing. I'm going to spend six hours listening to music and doing something antisocial while I get work done. So it's probably easier for me to be in my house than it is for me to be in the office. I'm going to go do that. That's fine. Now it's every day is that. And so if I spend every day being antisocial and just plugging away at stuff. I can be productive, but there's only so much of that kind of work that I have. Another element of my work is, is people-focused and team-focused, and it requires input and output from people other than me. And so plugging away in the back room just on my own doesn't actually get the job done. And so when you need to integrate with people, working from home becomes harder because you've got to find the space. And so Megan and I have been kind of doing this this sort of uh, Jenga system where you know she's in a meeting here She'll be like, I've got a meeting in five minutes, so don't come down the stairs singing or don't run in here. Or don't try and use the kitchen for that. And I'll be in the office and I'll be doing that. And I'm going, right, I'm going to record podcast over my lunch break. And then uh, later on, I've got a call from four. So you're, kind of, you're booking your own rooms in your house for different things when mm-hmm. both of you have stuff on. That's fine. It's just a little bit of negotiation stuff. But working from home has been fine. I don't think I'd continue indefinitely from home if I had the choice. At the minute... The risk of going into an office that I don't need to be in, uh, for no reason, it outweighs any benefits I get from being in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that I work better when I have dedicated places for dedicated work. So I would like, and I think this is the discussion we've had, I've had with my colleagues, is that going forward, you know, next year, a couple of days from home, a couple of days in work. What what that split is, I don't know, but it'll not be the same as it was before, and it'll not be the same as it is now. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, working from home is a great solution to the current problem. It's not the optimum solution for my work uh, because I like having a space. I like having an office that is not in my home because I get easily distracted. It's it's far too easy for me to try and want to go and move stones or paint something or sort something around the house. I'm supposed to be replying to emails and that's not fair on my employer and it's not fair on me. That's hard to switch off at night. There's all all those reasons that everybody battles with. Sure. Um, I like it as an option now. I think it would be a hybrid going forward next year if I was able to do a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But Mm -hmm. in terms of life hacks for it, the biggest thing that I've noticed is having, I I do 99% of my work in the office where I'm in now the recording office it's just a spare bedroom that we both use as an office there's only one desk in it at the minute I'm going to build a second one once we can get back to Ikea and get some bits and pieces Um, but having that space is useful because it puts me in the mindset of, of work but my other life hack for that is the exact opposite is that know when to not work in the office so I like having the dedicated desk with microphone and monitor all the bits and pieces I have here that's excellent for 99% of what I'm doing. Sometimes, though, it's useful to pick up the laptop, go into the garden, and sit in the garden and do work. So yesterday, in the sunshine, I sat in a sun lounger and answered four emails and sent a few bits and pieces and sorted out some spreadsheets. And it was the most relaxing spreadsheet Excel experience I've ever had. It was <laughs> the most kind of calm uh, process. I wouldn't want to sit out there all day. It was too hot. It wasn't the right wasn't very ergonomic there's a lot of issues there but it was a nice welcome break and i think in an office you can get that by the the, those water cooler chats the oh would you just help me with this thing real quick or come up to my office and i'll show you this and you kind of you have those interactions naturally as part of the the work in a building so you're you're not just in your office all the time or at least i'm not um at home it's very easy for me to get up start work at 8 a.m and sit in the same chair until 5 p.m. or 4 p.m. Whereas in the office, I'd be up and about and moving. And I I don't know, for for the work that I do and the things that I'm involved in, the stimulus outside of a desk area is essential. And so I find trying to generate that at home is really, really useful.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the point you make about space and, um, you know, sort of having some sort of separation of duties in in your mind mm. uh, yeah um, i'm gonna point everybody to cortex the podcast with um mm-hmm. uh, uh rearranging these letters as is appropriate cgp B, 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 gray um and uh, mike hurley so they covered this uh really really well um talking about ha- um cgp is it cgp cj yeah cgp cgp he talked about the way with it you know when he was sharing a an apartment uh, all he could do was it was just sit at the desk to work and then sit at the side of the desk to not work if you see what i mean he didn't have you know the, we're, we're talking very the luxury that we have the different rooms and all, so not everybody has yes that. um what's important is that you separate the duties Now again, I'm very very privileged. I've got um, my Swish iPad Pro here, um, and I've got another iPad, um, my old iPad in university commons, and I work on this one, and on the old one, I play Mario Kart or whatever it is that TJ's got me addicted (laughs) to. Um, And again, having two two pieces of kit makes it easy. But what's important is that you make separation. So yeah people who work in offices if you look at your day in the before time six months ago uh you might have you know two meetings four calls x y and z that you've got scheduled and that you have to do now for some people for some people for some reason people look at that and think okay then when i work from home i have to have 26 meetings and 400 and uh, when when you yeah, could, you're trying to
0: almost overzealously like I'm doing work. Yes, when, I'm at home, but I'm doing work.
1: When when you go to work the office, you probably work for four hours a day, if you are really, <laughs> really, 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 really good. Because I've yeah. done studies on this. Most people do not do more than two hours. And I I know that everybody's going. Oh, I do much more than that. You don't. You sit there scratching your backside. <laughs> You put your finger up your nose. Know, hopefully you don't do those two things concurrently. You're looking at your email. You're checking out Amazon to see if you want to buy this or buy that. You know, oh, you might have a quick look at Twitter. You might have a look at your Instagram feed. Then you're going to go and chat so-and-so at, at, over the coffee machine. Then you're going to go and see a colleague. Oh, we're having a meeting. What are we having a meeting about? Well, we're having a meeting about what you did last weekend, what I did last weekend. Oh, well, that's not exactly productive, <laughs> is it? And before you know it's lunch that this isn't a criticism that's just how the world works i've worked in many many offices in many many countries and it's the same in all of them we spend an enormous amount of time at work just being alive just interacting with people and that's important (laughs) building relationships that's important i think that's a big i'm i'm certainly missing elements of it sure sure but when you go home if you schedule your time from if you're a morning person from eight until uh, thirteen hundred military upbringing. Uh, one in the afternoon. If you work from then to then, trust me, you will achieve more at home than you ever did in the office. Easy. <laughs> um, and then you've got the afternoon to go There's that expectation of
0: up. yeah, being of you know being available, being there for calls. I just, just want to drop in. Just wanna, I'll, I'll give you a call on on Wednesday afternoon. You're like,
2: ah, oh, <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, uh. and. yeah that that's my life hack is to schedule stuff that you want to do for that four hours and make that four hours protected so you can't go near the stones in the garden you can't decide (laughs) that that's the time to do the grocery shopping or that that's the time to do your reading or you know all of those things are important and valid things and i've got no problem with them being done in work time i don't care when they're done as an employer, I've always said, look, you give me your time to do these tasks. Fine, do them. If, if that works best for you at night, great. Do it at night. I don't care. Because that's the joy of working from home, is that your lifestyle might mean that you get, I don't know, between 10 and 2 is a really good time for you to lock yourself away somewhere. Or it might be yeah. that from 6 till 10. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, and then communicate that to the people that you that you need to communicate it to that you know for those hours you're not available for during the fat, talking about the meeting that you should have had last week about the meeting that you had three weeks ago that's so all of that nonsense <laughs> and schedule time to do that that that's my big hack is those four hours protect yeah. them um and you know you can do really 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 risky things like if you're lucky and you're in my position you can turn your phone off um, if you're not, then you can just put a message on your thing saying, "Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm busy now through, till two o'clock. Please leave a message and I'll come back to you. There there are a few people in the world that would have a problem with that. And if your direct boss is one that does have a problem with that, then, oh, okay, fine. Who am I to say that's wrong? But reserve the time that you want for, um, I'll go Cal Newport on you for, for deep work. And then for the rest of time, Finally, you need to organise your grocery shopping and all that. If you do four full hours a day, you will do much more than you ever did in the office for eight hours. Um,
0: but it's that guilt, isn't it? Uh, it's that, yeah, that work for from sure. home guilt. The, the I should be doing... like My hours are eight to four most sure. days uh, with an hour for lunch. I feel like if I don't stick vaguely to that, I feel disingenuous. Mm. But even though, as you say... There are days when I start at eight and get through and get started and I'm in the zone and I get loads of stuff done. I look up. Oh, I've blown through lunch. It's quarter past one, right? I'll stop, have my lunch, have my lunch. I get back to the, my desk and I sit down and go, I have nothing. I have nothing for the rest of today. Yes. I I could start, I guess, trying to do that thing, which the person hasn't got back to me about, or I could launch into a new thing. But I'm kind of physically and emotionally done with this today hmm. and uh, yeah it's time to read a book it's like it? nope <laughs> it's time to do literally anything else um and i think i think that's a it's a teething problem for a lot of people it's a teething problem for employers and employees um
1: uh, i think and that's what will come out of this people will go okay let, let's look at how we get get stuff done and yeah. people as you say we need to get rid of that, that whole guilt side of things we do need to keep moving it's already started but we need to keep moving the measures towards output not towards time yeah you know time is one of the the criteria that we use around output but actually it's the output that is the real productivity
0: um yeah i mean again it's the thing we've talked about this before but if we measured sort of like we were talking nebulously about office kind of work emails computers talking to people organizing things all that kind of stuff but if you apply it to almost any other trade it doesn't hold up like if you ask someone to come and fit a toilet and they come by and they go yeah i spent 12 hours and that but it's not done yet you're like "What?" Sure, I, yeah. I've just been checking I don't my care email. how many hours you spend i need the toilet <laughs>
1: <laughs> for sure um yeah i mean there are, i suppose the, the other one that i i swear by is um is get out uh, obviously, during lockdown, that has been challenging. But um, <laughs> if I am going to get any fresh air or any exercise, then the earlier I do it, the better my day. And I know you do this. Yeah, you go out and walk early. Um, there's just something that I think gets the brain going, of of being outdoors, or or doing some exercise. It just gets everything going. Whereas if I've been working away, you know, wrestling with a website or um, to, with an order form or some such nonsense and then go alright oh, I'm going to go out and do some exercise mm, no, I'm not sure it's going to happen uh,
0: heart's not in it now yeah, it tends yeah. to sort of fade away I think almost if you can drag yourself out of bed throw on a hoodie throw on shoes and be out the door before you properly wake up That's the best time to do something because you wake up then outside and actually it's oh, yeah, no, I'm feeling it's a nice day, it's nice and bright, smells good, birds are out. You kind of as you wake up and you get ready for the day outside, you come back to the house or wherever it might be, if you're in the garden or even if you're just you know up on a balcony or something like that, you come back in, you're like, right, day's good to go. As you say, once you've you've waded waist deep into today's uh, ephemera. It's a lot harder to wade back out and and then stand on the shore and go, isn't this nice? I think it's better to to get that done first thing in the morning.
1: For sure. And if you can, you know, open your email at midday, not before. Mm. That's a tough one to do. But if you do that, you'd be amazed how much you can do between 8 and 12 before you start you see, I only work between between wants. 10.30. <laughs> I only
0: work between 10.30 and 11.15. Uh, that is my optimum working time. The rest of the time, I am uh, in the garden shoveling stones. Moving sheds. Moving sheds. I'm going to move it back this weekend just for the crack.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine what the neighbours would say then.
0: <laughs> oh my God, can you imagine? That would be amazing. Look, back,
1: he, he's moved it again. Sandra, he's moved it again. He's <laughs> moved the shed again. That's it. What you need is you need to make a shed out of cardboard.
0: And oh my God, back of it.
1: Each night, you need to go out and move it.
0: <laughs> oh dear.
1: Anyway, yeah. I've been Stu Lennon.
0: And I've been TJ Cosgrove. Remember to make the past, the present, in the future. This was 1857, life hack edition.